This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we recap VMworld with Chris Gebhardt, Amy Lewis, and Josh Atwell. Ooga chaka, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Brooklyn Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. Wow, I've got a full studio today. We brought everyone that pretty much went to VMworld last week from NetApp and SolidFire into the studio today and on the phone. So first, I'll start off with Andrew Sullivan, you know, because he's here. Hello. Okay, good. Good <laughs> intro, Andrew. Thank you for that. Also in the studio today, Chris Gebhardt. Hello, Justin. Hi. Chris, what do you do here at NetApp? I'm a technical marketing engineer in the VMware where, uh, business unit working on solutions uh, with VMware and NetApp. All right. And not just that. What did you do for us at VMworld? I had a couple of sessions. I made sure that we had a technical staff that was well prepped and, and ready to talk about the uh, subjects that uh, are most interesting to VMware and VMworld customers. Josh Atwell is here as well. Say hi, Josh, and tell us what you do and what you did at VMworld. Hi, Josh, and tell me, tell us what you do. What? Oh, sorry. I'm playing Simon Sales, or or Justin says. Um, hi, I'm Josh, and uh, I spoke at VMworld. I talked nonstop, basically. Yeah. All right. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, I'm going to go to the phone next because uh, I was just introducing people in the studio here as a as a reward. Uh, Glenn Sizemore, how are you doing today at home? I'm doing pretty fabulous, Justin. How are you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm great. Good I walked energy. by your cube today, actually. I didn't see you there. Yeah, that's that's that both. Uh, that's that's your first mistake. Don't yeah. go to my desk if you want to see me. We had to shoo the owls out and right clean up the cobwebs, and there was a lot of mouse poop. Just gonna say it. Are, are you saying that we have a rodent problem in the building? Just in your cube. I don't know okay. why. Glenn. You did not go to VMworld, so we're not going to ask you how it was. Um, oh, yeah. why not? Come on, man. VMworld was awesome. Wait, VMworld was last week? What happened? <laughs> we're, That's we're gonna, what we're here we're for. We're going to find that out today. Also on the podcast, Amy Lewis. Uh, you may know her as Comms Ninja. Amy, say hello. Hello. And what did you do at VMworld? <laughs> Recorded all the content, which apparently I'm helping out now by a garbage truck backing up to my home office as we try to record this podcast. So you're welcome, everybody. It's probably the garbage truck we filled up with mouse poop from Glenn's Cube. I, I think they're potentially related. Oh wait, no, we're gonna we're gonna dump loud glass bottles. Oh, that's even better. Um, yeah. So I've been watching The Sopranos nonstop, having never watched it before. So it feels very on point. Do you live next to a landfill? <laughs> I do not. Not yet, but, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's asking? <laughs> uh, just saying. Sopranos you know, kind of made me think about it. Inquiring minds. Yeah, Life I mean, goals. I'm looking to get rid of somebody. I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, we'll see how this podcast goes. Uh, it's already going swimmingly. Um, so, uh, VMworld, uh, I understand that there were a lot of conversations to be had, and we're just going to go around and just talk about some of those conversations and some of the experiences we had with VMworld. So, who would like to start and tell us about what they learned at VMworld? Chris Gebhardt. All righty. I guess I've been uh, 
Voluntold out. Voluntold, yes. Uh, so this year there was a couple things that I really focused on. Um, I focused on uh, – well, so let's first start with sessions. I had two sessions. One was ONTAP 9 and uh, Flash for virtualized workloads. Um, that one we really just focused on all the things that VMware administrators and storage administrators that host you know, VMware workloads, virtualized workloads, really con- con- uh, care about, right? Things like storage efficiency, simplification in um, some of the user interfaces and usability um, aspects of ONTAP. Um, and then flash and flash economics and some of the things we're doing to help reduce the cost to make it more affordable uh, for the end user and for general purpose virtualized workloads. Uh, the second session I had was uh, with uh, Gabriel Chapman from the SolidFire side, uh, and we looked at the different platforms for end user computing workloads. Uh, we basically ran down some of the features and functions and things that our customers are inquiring about. Uh, Even our sales forces really want to know the differences and how um, scale works and the benefits and, and, you know, points of each. Um, Because while it may look like, uh, you know, they both have scaling, they both have QoS. Each of those things is implemented in a totally different way. And so when you're designing solutions for EUC, you know, these are things you need to consider. So, you know, we can check the same boxes on 90% of the technology. It's that 10% and then the differences within those technologies um, that really make the platforms different from each other. So I, we, we did that session. Um, we also uh, rolled out this this uh, this platform. It's called EUC Launchpad, uh, where our partners and customers can go to learn more about um, EUC, uh, and use computing, that is, and the SolidFire platform. So uh, there are a lot of tools and collateral and uh, things to get started with a, a pilot program uh, to start doing EUC, to try it before you you know invest in it uh, within this EUC launchpad. And you can go to that at euclaunchpad.com. So what I'm hearing is 2016 is the year of VDI? It's always been actually the year of VDI. It's just been incrementally more. I'm I'm very curious why you decided to say try it before you invest in it instead of going with the obvious try it before you buy it. Well, it's an investment. It's you know you know it's a it's not just a but it doesn't not, rhyme. It, okay, it does not rhyme. You How are am I correct. supposed to remember these things? Okay, try before you buy. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, most of my conversations, of course, with the VIP in the VIP meetings and such, were really around a lot of those things. As those are my core competencies and uh you know we had some what are you doing with this what are you doing with that like andrew will talk about vvols and things um there was a lot of questions there's a lot of buzz around uh, vvols and and what vmware is doing with their storage and networking products i actually saw that fletch's vvol session was like massively overpacked in one of the top 10 sessions good on him they grow up so fast they do man he stunk now he's good Kitty, you didn't stink. All right, Andrew, um, tell us about VVols. Yeah, so VVols was actually most of the news or most of the buzz around there came from the Solid Fire side. So Andy Banta had a session. We had a bunch of Whisper Suite sessions and stuff like that all around VVols talking about the Solid Fire implementation and you know just a lot of people really interested in what's happening there, uh, which I think is a great thing. You know, and of course, you know, ONTAP customers, people who are interested in ONTAP also ask about VVOLs and our support there. And of course, they're supported today with ONTAP as well. So 
But I spent uh, I spent about 50% of my time in the booth, uh, just sort of filling in where anybody and everybody needed questions answered if there was a particular area of expertise that we did not have somebody for. And then the rest of the Andrew time... Andrew just made it up. No. Okay, is, maybe a little. That's how Andrew, <laughs> no. that's how Andrew rolls. <laughs> but uh, the rest of the time, uh, Chris gave me pretty much all of the, well, I don't know who to assign to this VIP meeting. We'll just send Sully. And that, that was... So I spent a good amount of time in uh, yep. VIP meetings as well. Where it, So whether I was in the booth, whether I was in VIP meetings, the two most frequent questions were, tell me about this solid fire thing and what's coming in on tap nine, right? There's lots and lots of interest around those. And usually in that order too. So Josh is giving me a very no, knowing nod at the moment. Why aren't you stroking your beard while you do that? Well, that, w- that would imply it was like part of some like master plan on my part. Why wouldn't it be? I would never confess that. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and I will say that if there is interest within the podcast community, I'm going to be redoing these sessions both at uh, Insight as well as VMware Lamia. This isn't about you, Chris. I know it's not, but, you know, I'd like to drive a little attendance, get people interested. We'll definitely give you uh, a pointer at the end to, to tell them about your sessions and what numbers to go to, and we'll put it in the blog as well. It's all about you. You don't know your session numbers? No, I don't know my session okay, numbers. Okay, we'll put it in the blog. That works. Good God. But <laughs> amateurs. <laughs> amateurs. Overall, throughout the week, the uh, the booth was busy. Um, we always had all of the demo stations, right? Wherever somebody was standing, there was a conversation happening. Um, you know, everybody did really good in answering questions. Uh, you know, Chad Morgenstern, you know, fantastic, super smart guy. I think he spent three hours with a customer one day going through like an on-tap deployment and helping him with all these questions that he had. Uh, I, I kept wandering over there and, and asking the customer if he needed rescuing from Chad. But uh, it, it was uh, it was a really good, really exhausting, right? It's VMworlds, but uh, overall really positive uh, show this time. Uh, I, I was not able to go to any sessions, which is kind of disappointing, not even the keynote sessions, because somebody, I'm looking at you, Mr. Gebhardt, decided to start scheduling VIP meetings at like 7 a.m. Mm, not me. Yeah. Well, they, I did see today that uh, all the sessions are already available online for viewing. Oh, good. You can watch them. Stop whining. It gives me, <laughs> it gives me something to do on the airplane. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What, whining or watching the sessions? Little column A, little column B. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard. It's hard to do one without the other. But yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. Okay, Amy, tell us about your experiences with the pop up tech talks, and I, I know you were doing some podcasting while you were out there. So VMworld's always interesting. Uh, go a little a little meta here when it's in Vegas instead of being in San Francisco. So it, it's it's an interesting an interesting vibe. In some ways, it was a a quieter year. I think the community is dare I say, growing up. Um, It's evolving. It's changing. And one thing I noticed, and I'm curious if anybody else noticed this as well, I I noticed that in days and years past, the bloggers table was always completely full, standing room only, elbowing people to get a spot. And that was a pretty empty space. And I don't know if it's the way things were set up, it was just kind of an interesting observation that there was no central place. It was really hard to run into people. Um, you had to make a point of it because you could have some sort of a cartoon moment of going up one set of escalators while somebody else you wanted to run into was coming down the other. Uh, so it was it was an, an interesting, it was a different um, vibe this year, I think, than it has been in, in years past. Not necessarily a negative, but just a different one. 
I heard that the bloggers table was pretty much taken over by a vendor that I will not name here publicly. No, that was the uh, the VMware code table was taken oh. over by a vendor which we will not name. Okay, but they had a they had a very visual type augmented reality station right near VMware code. Okay, did they also have a Ferris wheel of some sort? I did not. I did not witness. <laughs> I did not witness <laughs> a Ferris wheel. I'm just at, curious. At I like Ferris event. wheels. Yeah. Well, sure. Who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't? Come on, Ferris wheels. It, you know, whatever. On the uh, on the other side, then there is an awful lot of video and audio content. There were uh, uh, Pete Fletcher came by and was grabbing grabbing audio content. We uh, recorded a Geek Whispers on V Brown Bag uh, with Frank Deniman, who's freshly returned to uh, VMware. So uh, you know that's like several levels of inception there, probably. But uh, yeah, it was it was. A lot of incredibly smart people doing smart things. I don't know if it's just me, if I've gotten old, or if we as a community are are maturing. I would say that the community at large has continued to elevate their status within their organizations as they've grown, as they've moved into new roles. I think it changes the conversations that a lot of people have, the things that are interesting them. Interesting? Yeah, yeah. Um, interest them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's probably what we're seeing more than anything, right? It's just yeah, evolution. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's Evolution's evolving. A good thing. Perspectives are changing. Um, you know, I I know I wasn't as excited this VMworld as I have in the past. So I, I think, think Vegas just does that. that to you, man. I mean, going to Vegas six times in one year. Who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, who wouldn't want to go just once? <laughs> all three of those six at Mandalay. <laughs> well, it's a different it's a different set of shenanigans if you have to. Hop over people who are stumbling en route to an event, you know, there in in San Francisco versus finding someone with a novelty uh, bedazzled flat cap baseball cap at 8 a.m. at a slot machine. I mean, different perspectives. No, I, I will say that. I think there was several years uh, uh, in between my first and and this last VMworld where the focus kind of shifted from being technical to being social. And I think that that's starting to rotate back around to being more technical again. And I don't know if that's a result of the tumult that's happening in our industry, right? You know, there's a lot of things that are disrupting infrastructure and VMware, whether we want to admit it to ourselves or not, VMware is an infrastructure company. So I think attendees were were back to figuring out what's happening. Where do I need to be aware of? What do I need to learn about uh, infrastructure and what's going to be going on for the next twelve months. So, Sully, I think you're 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 kind of spot on. I, there there was definitely more onus on. I think people are ready to stop telling me what I can do and show me how to do it. And I think it's two parts. I think you know, one of my gripes around VMworld you know, as an event is if you look over the last three years, it's it's almost like looking at the last three years of an evolution of a Tacoma pickup truck, right? Which I drive and love, but. You know, you get these small incremental improvements year over year, which don't fundamentally change the vehicle. And then, you know, after about three or four years when you're in the market for one, you look and like, wow, they've they've added a lot of cool stuff. So if you look year over year, it doesn't seem all that interesting. Um, but when you look skip gener- you know, skip years, you know, over the last three years, like there's been a tremendous kind of motion forward and a lot of things have been added. So if you go back and look at the 2013 
VMworld content and keynotes and all, and then compare it to this year, I would say that that's kind of really interesting and exciting. We're starting to see a lot of these things actually get implemented. You know, people adopting these technologies in mass, actually running into the problems. I think one of the reasons why, for instance, the Docker community is the way it is, is it feels very much like the early days of the VMware community because yeah. there's all these limitations and all these technical challenges, and, and that's not a knock on Docker. It's just a part of the evolution and, and maturity of a technology where VMware is kind of at the pace where, uh, you know, when I – and I was thinking about this on the on the ride in today – when you look at people in VMware environments and why are why is there more investigation in some of these other technologies? Why are we starting to hear more and more of these conversations? Well, they're not having to think about infrastructure the same way they were before. They have they have the opportunity to to refocus that energy to to investigate these technologies. And and I think that's part of what we're you know, to your point, like we're getting back into technical stuff uh, in, in more breadth because people now need to focus on that again. Yeah, there, there's starting to become a dichotomy of VMware customers, right? Of people who are are doing infrastructure consolidation, mm-hmm. um, you know, which started back in back in 2007, 2008, and that's they're good with that. That's all they need. That's all they want to use VMware for. And now there is this whole I'm using air quotes cloud, right? Private cloud, hybrid cloud, all of these other things. And what does that mean for applications? And you know, there's an argument to be made that the technologies like Docker and Kubernetes and all of those are accelerating the the transition to what VMware calls cloud-native applications, right, of that infrastructure, that application type and the infrastructure in order to support that. So I, I had a conversation with a customer, you know, about, you know, they have this perception that their, you know, business groups are going to the hyperscale clouds because IT can't tell them yes fast enough. Right. Hey, we need to be able to do this, deploy this application, deploy these 5,000 virtual machines, give me this 10 terabytes of storage, whatever that happens to be. And their IT's organization is to figure out how to meet those needs within a day or maybe two, or they're going to go out to the cloud. Well, I, I'll take that one step for, further. Not not even delivering it fast, but delivering it as a service. Because yeah. I think that the speed is less of less of the thing. It's the self-service nature that that's really driven people, you know, because there's been a lot of, I mean, we, we, we hear that people talk about this ad nauseum about shadow IT and why, why organizations are going out to Amazon or Microsoft and bringing their credit card and, or, or Google. Why are they doing that? And I really think it's the self-service nature more than anything. Yeah. I think it's definitely both, right? Self-service. I don't have to wait on you to do it for me, but also I have to wait on you to do it for me. Right. And how quickly can the IT organization react to that? All right. Well, this is a good segue. Then I'm going to take Justin's job for a minute. Hey, uh, thanks. Yeah, this is a good. Well, he looks busy. Um, this Wait, is, good, is that? Are you going to mute everybody? Oh, oh. too soon. Too soon. <laughs> um, so this this is a good segue into what VMware was showing during the general session. They're talking about the the new. Um, I forget what they called it. The it's kind of like a federated cloud, like where the the cloud air network and and the on premises cloud are supposed to now start working together and NSX is supposed to magically bind all these things together. Um, yeah. Any, anybody got thoughts on that? So I look at that as, you know, most traditional IT shops are supporting Platform 2 applications, right? What are colloquial called pets. And they rely on the features of vSphere, right? Think things like HA and vMotion and all of that, right, to give the 
perception of infallible infrastructure. And this is just an extension of that, right? Taking platform two applications from on-premise to premises to off-premises, right? So that way it can continue to, uh, I think, primarily operate in a DR mode, right? Without having to have a completely separate second infrastructure capable of running all that. Well, that puts VMware in a really interesting position then, right? Because as you pointed out, we still have this large swath of customers who are very much infrastructure resiliency is their modus operandi. They they require that for their applications. But we're also seeing VMware and the industry as a whole looking at these net new applications that are being developed and saying, we can't continue down that model. Um, and I think that was part of what we were seeing this this past week at VMworld is they're, they're kind of trying to serve both. And one thing that I didn't get a clear takeaway from was whether or not they felt like they were bridging both, right? Where, where they were saying, you can be an organization that has both, and we're the platform for you to do that. You know, because I, I personally feel like when I, when I look at like, the NetApp portfolio, you know, as, a, as a company looking at organizations that we serve, which are you know, tons of overlap with VMware, I think we have the opportunity to say exactly that. Like whether you're going this direction you know, or keeping everything on premises, we've got you covered. We, we have value add for you. And I didn't get the takeaway from VMware that they got that message across to, to their attendees and to their customer base. Yeah, the vSphere integrated containers announcements were arguably the closest thing to that. But I think most people reacted to that with more of a yawn than a, yeah. a, a squeal of excitement. It's like, uh, Great. Yeah, you found Pokemon Go app. Good good for you. <laughs> so I heard the keynote was kind of a snoozer as well. I mean, was that I mean, I know you didn't go, Andrew, but did anyone actually listen to the keynote and if you did, what were your thoughts? I don't know. I will say that uh, before we go into that, we skipped over Glenn. Uh, you know, Glenn, I know you weren't there, but I don't know what you what it looked like to you from afar. This is the first VMworld you've missed in like 7 or 8 years, so I was curious what your perceptions were. Was it yeah. really missed as well? Well, oh. so it, 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 here's the interesting thing uh, from my perspective. I, from afar, watched the VMworld community get, get introduced to what the PowerShell community has been up to for the past two years. And it, it was, it was, it was kind of hilarious to me to watch everyone just get ran over and wowed to death by Pester, like, like <laughs> some <laughs> brand new thing for VMware. But um, it, it's awesome, man. You know, as as Josh said, right, we're, we're getting past the, the, the steps of talking about what's possible and very much getting into the, all right, let's go do it. And, and, and that transition is always fun. But yeah, that was, uh, th- that was basically all I got out of it. My, uh, my Twitter feed was full of PowerShell people sending me, you know, stuff from VMworld, which was a lot of me laughing at screenshots going, hey, that's cool. Check that out. I remember those days of several years where I didn't get to attend VMworld and instead just consuming Twitter like a fire hose trying to keep up with what was going on. Yeah. It's, uh, let me tell you something. Having had an opportunity to do it again for the first time in like 10 years, highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. I should, oh, yeah. I should talk to my manager about that for next year. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, wait. Hi, Amy. How's it going? Oh, oopsie. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey. Well, I came to VMworld late this year and I, it it was uh, interesting how much you can keep up by watching Twitter and how much people think you're there if you participate at those key moments. Yeah, I actually so, had a guy ask me if I was there because he had a question to ask me. I was like, no, I'm not. 
But but in all seriousness, sort of tying back to bigger conversation we're having, I think that people were in sessions more. Um, I know we had periods of time where people were like, oh, I'll catch all the sessions later. You know, I want to engage with the community. And I think people were trying to balance and do some of both. So it it and the keynotes, you know, I'm not going to comment on whether people think they're snooze fests or not. I just think that every company gets to a point where they're trying to tell that bigger picture story. So when you talk about tying all the elements together, I, I think that's the that's the story that's being told, trying to clarify what this bigger picture is as we, like you said, there's a bit more gravitas, if you will. People, we aren't, we're not in this complete dot bomb era, but people are all being asked to do more with less. And uh, a lot of people's, some people's, I, I would think fears in terms of their expertise evolving, changing, et cetera, I talk to a lot of people who are very serious about either increasing or expanding their certifications, making sure that they stayed relevant on the job. Um, just pretty, pretty conscientious about feeding their technical curiosity and their acumen so that they would stay relevant. Yeah, I, th- I think that's completely fair and reasonable. There's a lot of things that are starting to change in this space. I mean, if you looked over the last three or four years, eh. You know, it was mostly a lot of things that had the potential to be really impactful, and which I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier about if you look over a three or four year period, we're, we're starting to see like technologies like NSX and vSAN mature to the point where they can be in, impactful. And I think we're starting to also see more people look at that and say, um, maybe I need to make sure I stay up on this. Yeah, I, I definitely had a, a lot of conversations around that. Yeah, it, it's funny. The last several VMware-centric presentations I've done, I've started off with a slide from DockerCon, right? And Josh, you, you remember the tweets you sent out of, you know, containers are not not interesting, right? And I think that can be easily expanded to infrastructure is not in- interesting anymore. You know, it, it people, con- customers, right, they want to consume infrastructure without having to think about infrastructure. And... You know, whether that's vSphere, whether that's NSX, whether that's storage, whatever that happens to be, uh, I think that that's ultimately where it's it's going. Yeah, but you know what, though, Sully? At the same time, infrastructure is also more interesting than it has ever been uh, in the history of, of, like, the world, right? Because if you are an infrastructure guy, the tools that you can use as an infrastructure person are more powerful and can do things that we could never do before. It's just that we're up-leveling the conversation. Right, we're, 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 I, I really like. I love the way that 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 uh, Kelsey put it when we had him on a couple of weeks back, and we were talking about the whole no ops and DevOps thing. You know, when 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 he when we confronted him about well, what is this no ops thing? And his statement about DevOps is a leaky uh, a leaky abstraction layer. I think that's really a, you can apply that that viewpoint to this problem set as well. It's not that infrastructure isn't interesting. It's that we're trying to up level the conversation and get past the part where we're making everyone an infrastructure expert. And, and trying to get to the point where everyone is getting to become a business value expert, right? Get, getting up into the actual value chains where money is really made. Yeah, and, and you and I have had that conversation a number of times, right? And when we tend to get on our soapboxes and talk about, you know, we hear a lot of people inside of the ONTAP side of the house talk about simplicity. Well, ONTAP will never be a simple product, but that doesn't mean that it can't be a usable product, right? And I think that infrastructure as a whole, yes, it is a complex more complex to to manage, to administer, to use infrastructure today than it ever has been before. But the usability is improving day to day, right? Things are getting easier to do. 
Yeah. Well, I also think that, that, that we could we could tack that on the end of this this VM. You know, it's 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 funny. You know, Justin, you made the joke, and I know you were just kidding about the the snooze fest stuff. But it, you know, we're we're seeing that this week with with Apple again, right? Because we're in iPhone season, and everyone is is losing their mind about how this isn't innovative enough, and how you know death of the company. And and I really think it's just a, a matter of our perceptions are completely out of whack right now. You know, we're all still very close to what was an actual revolution, which is incredibly rare. That's not how technology actually works. You know, you can look at virtualization and then the jump into container-based management. It's almost as important as like having transistors over, you know, vacuum tubes. It's, it's that kind of jump from an efficiency perspective. Um, and, and those jumps just take a long time for people to wrap their heads around. And I think right now... We show up to a VMworld keynote and, and, and we're looking to get wowed like that again. You know, we want people to show us the new transistor. And, and we're, we're past that point. You know, we're, we're at the point of, of iterative imp- improvement and taking what was wild ideas and making it something that is, is fit for the masses, right? It's, it's less sexy, but, but way more interesting from my perspective. But I actually don't disagree with that. And I think it gets into that whole, um, you know, pioneer... Uh, settler town planner kind of motif of everything can't be unicorn and rockets. Um, There's work that has to be done and, and absolutely fair point that we become really uh, into, you know, no, it has to be set the world on fire, revolutionize, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it, it takes time. It's, it's, uh, it's more complex than that. So perhaps we should say that um, we're we're still recovering and the forest is still re- regrowing from the last time the world was set on fire. <laughs> the the soil is great, but yes, it's a. I think we're. I do think we're actually in a growth period, and and the funny part, I will have to take us all out with that comment. But uh, you know, are the next revolution? Are we going to be of an age where we go get off our lawn? <laughs> Oh, of course we are, and it's going to be like three years from now. Like I remember the day when I actually had to deploy my application. The revolution will be containerized. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It's 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 it. You know, you say that, but it's actually kind of funny. There, there's a new curmudgeon that's coming out of the woodwork as we watch with our very eyes, and it's a curmudgeon that we never thought would happen. It's a it's person. Us. No, it's 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 an automation guy who's sitting there pushing back, going, "But no, I want to own all the scripts." No, you can't. I, I won't use a tool. I, I have to be the person who writes all of this stuff. It's just another layer of bespoke, right? You know, every time we put a layer of abstraction in, there people fight it, and it's hard. It's just transitions, but but you get through it as an industry, and we advance. Can we just have a, a punk rock band called the New Curmudgeon? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Yes. 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 We need to make this happen. Playing at Insight 2017, the New Curmudgeons. <laughs> At, uh, at SKO, they had the petabytes. <laughs> did you did you not go see that? What? No, no yeah, I didn't. It's the NetApp band, the petabytes. Okay. I thought it was like whatever on tap something, like spinal on tap. Spinal on tap. Okay, yeah, we're, we're, there you go. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, sorry, ditch. that was that was my fault for taking us into a ditch for uh, maybe the first time in like sixty episodes. <laughs> Okay. Okay, Anyways, that. so, uh, you know, a- Amy, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. <laughs> we talked about this. You can't use a car crash on a podcast. People listen in their cars. <laughs> I know. 
and I, I think that there's been a microcosm of this happening within the VDI side of the house, right? Because VDI started off being super, super hard and it has gone through this evolution to where now it's, oh, you're doing VDI? Well, yeah, you put these products in place and make them look like this and now you can deploy those um, relatively easily. I'm looking at Mr. Gebhardt across the table from me. So you're saying this is the year of VDI? I mean, we're halfway through. It still could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my my theory on the year of VDI and the year of cloud and the year of everything else, it, I think we have all this buildup. And like you said, if it if it works, then all the hype disappears, the work happens, and then you kind of go, wait, it's already, it's a foregone conclusion by the time you think to think of it again. I will blame marketing. Is this I one of those the, the on that one? Is this one of those things like the episode of Futurama where Bender was a god, right? And if you do it right, nobody will know you've done anything at all. It's exactly okay. like that. Yeah, it could there, be. Yeah, well, totally. I mean, qu- quietly, you know, as a, as an listen, I'm not in the VDI space like the good doctor there, but 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 just kind of passively talking to him for the past five years, five years ago. You know, figuring out how we're going to get 20,000 people into a single pod was a little bit of engineering. And these days, we don't even blink at 100,000 seat installs. So, yeah, like VDI is largely a, a problem that is solved as an industry. We're just at the price. That, that technical problem has now just been reduced down to a price point. You know, what, what, what's your cost? Actually, can, can, brings, you, can you fit the budget of the organization? Yeah, I think that brings up a really good point because, you know, I don't think we ever really talked about, is this the year of virtualization? Right, it was one of those things that it continued to gain gain groundswell. It c- continued to gain adoption as it became more mature, and implementing it was was more accessible. There was more resources out there, so maybe we don't ever have to have a year of VDI. Maybe it's this is the year that we don't actually have to think about VDI anymore. We can just go out and do it, and that's happening yep. more and more. I, I think yeah. a lot of the technologies from the desktop vendors are actually. Uh, mature now to the point where you know the acquisitions that VMware made um, for AppFalls and uh, their instant clone technology. It, it's kind of everything's coming together where now the major players in the industry both have uh, really good portfolios of solutions that make desktops more consumable, easier to manage, um, less parts and pieces than they had in the past. And so, and storage prices have gone down uh, considerably for, you know, a performant um, platform. So I think that there's a lot of things that have happened uh, that is going to enable companies to be able to, to have a, make it an economic choice. And if it's right for the business, then, you know, now we're at a point where it can more easily be adopted than ever before. And I think you can extrapolate that across the infrastructure as well. And now it's the the interesting part is, you know, cloud native apps or or next generation IT infrastructure and that, you know, self-service consume on demand, you know, pay on demand type of model. Okay, so if if we if we were kind of agreeing that virtualization has hit its stride and everybody's fairly comfortable with it, that VDI has hit its stride and we can accomplish most of the things that we need to with less effort. What's what's you know we've we've kind of touched on this. What's really going to be like the next thing that needs to hit its stride? You know? I I don't think that it's it's a next thing that needs to hit its stride type problem. From from my perspective, Josh, what we're running into is fatigue from an industry perspective because these mm-hmm. are human beings that have to run and ma- build these servers, and you know they just went through a giant transition where they had to go and master an entire you know, technology and set of skills. And we built, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of virtualization experts all over the world, right? And, and now these very same people are being told that they have to go develop another skill set. And I just think there's a little bit of fatigue, you know, just, just as an industry, there's, there's, there are the, the bleeding edges, the sullies of the world and, and that, that just get out there and they play with it because they just can't help themselves. But the vast majority are, are, are I, I feel like they're just trying to stick their head in the ground and be like, no, 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 this isn't actually happening. I have to be entertained, though. I have to yeah. be entertained. Well, you know, I, I look at, and I had a great conversation while at VMworld. They were talking about, like, yeah, so, Josh, what do you think? All the great talk about automation and, and all, the, all, the, all the automation that's happening at, at VMworld and how all these things are getting automated. And I thought, you know, um, after beating this drum for 10 years, I, I don't really think that automation is the thing that we need to be beating the drum about. Like, when I you look at both. when I look at what what is happening now, now that... Management platforms have matured. You know, uh, infrastructure has matured. It's now extensible. There are you know, things that we can do that we've never been able to do before. It's native integrations. It's where those in, where the integrations exist, where you don't actually have to do any engineering. You don't actually have to do any development or coding. You simply plug it in and it works. Um, I I think that's a it's kind of a, a powerful thing that we now have. That you know, to your point, where people are just kind of fatigued. We're kind of hit to a point now, like, okay, so you want to do Docker. That's fine. Here's a plug-in. You can do persistent you know, storage on containers, and you don't actually have to do a ton of work. I think as, as we start seeing these platforms uh, continue to mature and organizations like NetApp, of course, um, delivering things like that, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for a lot of people who are you know, already inundated with managing their environments, haven't, you know, wanted to make, haven't or have not wanted to make investments in scripting and, and big automation pushes, being able to see this stuff and saying, oh, finally, something that'll just work that I don't have to write code for. I think well, I, I've heard a lot of them connecting, you know, companies are trying to connect the tools together. They've got ServiceNow and they've got OCI and they've got all these management, you know, platforms, alerting, you know, all this stuff that they're wanting to now get all these things to work together because it helps. It, it, they're not writing the automation. They're making everything work together in an ecosystem to reduce the amount of overall work that an admin has to do. Right? Yeah, and I, I describe that as removing friction, right? Absolutely. You know, na native plugins to reduce friction, to make it easier and simpler to, to get that implementation in place. And while it might not solve every possible need or every possible contingency, well, that's where you go and write the code and, and to do, you know, take that extra mile until that becomes available. Well, and I want to jump in and say, I think the other thing, if I look all the way down to the end, uh, it is about creating those new platforms upon which the next level of creativity comes. But uh, maybe it is too much watching The Sopranos, but it, it's about it's about waste management. Because at a certain point, we are creating and having to deal with so much data that I actually think data and security is kind of the next thing. We've when you when you when you solve enough problems, you create a new one. And I actually think that's the world we've created. We've made life, infrastructure, etc., so simple as to be boring that we are gonna. It's gonna be like hoarders, an episode of hoarders. The amount of data that we oh. have created and can't deal with and don't know how to secure, move around, etc. We're we're enablers, people. <laughs> Are you implying yeah. that we can't delete something? I, <laughs> hey, I, I don't know about you guys, but I watched this happen. I was I was an administrator riding the mouse, you know, watching over servers when this transition happened. We used to have 
yearly cleanup scripts and we would go through and delete user data and, and purge our systems to try to control cost and actually flush out waste. And then at a certain point, storage got to a, 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 a cost point. And as an organization and as an industry, we lost the ability to delete stuff, right? Like yeah. Gmail happened and all of a sudden users had unlimited email. And, and now you're right, Amy, we live in a world where, where that's a real freaking problem. You have to have actual, like, real strategies about how you're going to manage the growth because no one's deleting anything anymore. Those days are behind us. Exactly, because I still have every episode of The Sopranos sitting on a hard drive somewhere in my desk, <laughs> even though I can stream them directly from HBO. Why do I still have those files? But I, I think it's a testament to the maturity of the underlying services, though, right? Because we see this happen in other places, all over the place in, in IT, right? Look at programmers. Right. If I am writing in a language, particularly a new language, it's hard at first. And then you have Rails on Ruby, right? Rails, the framework on mm, top of Ruby. Mm -hmm. I know it's Ruby yeah. on Rails. But now I have this framework that suddenly makes it super easy to consume to use that language. And we're seeing the same thing now after a mere, what, seven years of virtualization really being mainstream. Well, I, I, I'd go beyond mainstream. It, it, ooh, it's commoditized. I said it. Uh, um, I, I think it's become a platform because if you look at, at vSphere, for instance, it's always been very extensible. There's always been a lot of things that you could do with it that most people haven't. I think that as now that infrastructure has matured to the point where it's becoming you know, extensible, these native integrations are possible. Deeper integrations with the core platforms, whether it's OpenStack, whether it's vSphere, whether it's Docker, these things can, these are done commonplace. It's just like putting Rails on Ruby, right? We are simply reducing friction of consumption and, and management and utilization of these platforms. At which point, it's just like, I don't know, any USB device you plug it in, it's just going to work. We're not having to deal with drivers and compatibility issues. It just plugs in and it goes. And I think we're starting to see a lot more of that. You just got to plug it in the right way. Well, nobody is. I remember the first time I ever plugged a USB device into a USB port correctly on my laptop. The first time I was on an airplane, I was flying over the you know the Midwest, and I was so excited. And the the stewardess came up, asked if I was okay. I'm like, yes, I just plugged my USB device in correctly the first time, and she understood. She appreciated it. <laughs> Never, this moment of vulnerability it. was brought to you by Josh Atwell. Nope, nope, nope. That 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 did not happen. No, that never happens. Yeah, you never plug it in correctly the first time. No, even if you do, you don't. And so three, it's at best well, two. It's, it's like hitting a hole. It's there, like hitting no. a hole in one when nobody's around. Nobody would believe you even if you told them. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not the part that the, the, the story was believable right up until you, you're trying to tell me that a stewardess was excited because you plugged in a USB drive. That no, ain't happening. No, no, she, she, was, she was appreciative. She was appreciative. No, they're paid to act that way. Oh. <laughs> Never thought about it that way. <laughs> Josh. Yes. Tell us about your sessions and uh, the Dave and Dave session, if you could. Yeah, I uh, I spoke at VMworld this year. I had Andy Banta join me. If you listen to the recording, it was there was some nonsense in there. It was fun. I don't think anybody will listen to the recording, but it's there. Um, we did a talk on making SolidFire invisible in your VMware environment, and it was really kind of focused on what you know what we talked on about on the podcast already about 
the fact that native integrations and simplifying, reducing friction and, and how you implement and how we leverage the features that are in vSphere in order to make it to where the solid fire system is just kind of behind the scenes, just doing its thing. And you don't really think a whole lot about it, putting a lot more ownership on you know, the actual application owners and the consumers. Uh, I think Andy had made this one point of, you know, we, we kind of our directive is that if we do our job well, your your storage administrator could fall asleep at his desk. I think he may have used die at his desk, but could be there and you wouldn't notice right away because you're not communicating with that person as consistently and frequently as you do today. And I think that's a pretty poignant thing to consider. I think more infrastructure is going to start needing to get that way. And I think we're going to continue to see that, right? Where these specifically siloed disciplines, um, those roles are going to continue to evolve considerably, especially around, you know, storage and networking. Did you uh, manage to make storage great again? Uh, I, I tried. I tried really, really hard. I don't know if I succeeded. but I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and give us um, a sample of your uh, mashup of making oh. storage great again. Yeah, so I, I got pegged to fill in in the booth to do one of the 15-minute sessions, and you know, they kind of pulled me out of the woodwork. I was like, well, I've never seen this slide deck before, so let's, let's go have some fun. And ran through it real fast. I was like, yeah, I can talk about this. And I decided to put on one of the, the, the nifty NetApp hats that they were giving away, and I walk up, and I did my, my very best Donald Trump for, for about six minutes. And then I, you know, I got serious again. But, uh, you know, um, many people are saying that NetApp has the best all-flash storage po- portfolio in the, in the industry. Now, I think there's lots of options out there, but uh, that's what people are saying. And I, you know, went from there. You didn't do any New York accent or anything? No? Uh, I'm, I'm sure I did. You did? Like, yeah, it's, it's one of those. You know, yeah. It's got to be kind of, they asked if I would repeat it and do it again. I'm like, nah, it's kind of one of those things you got to do in the, in, in the moment. Did you fire anybody? <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't convince yourself to do that a second time after you were there to witness it the first. No, I mean i i got a lot of I got a lot of uh, good feedback out of out of that session, um, and you know even it being a little booth session, um, yeah, I think people just liked that it was mixed up a little bit. You know, I had one point where I'm like, and speaking of walls, let's talk about scale, and that one was a lot of fun. So yeah, mix it up a little bit. It was a huge session. There we go. Huge. It's huge. 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 I've got the best sessions. I say all huge. the best words. Yeah, all, this, all the best buzzwords. I only bring the smartest people into the podcast. The best people. The best people. So was was anybody able to make the uh the founder session with Dave Hitz and Dave Wright? Did did anybody I was oh, I did. booth? I was there. And uh uh, the uh, the session that led to the f bomb that led to the uh, the register article, which is pretty fabulous. <laughs> yes, you you gotta love it when one of your founders gets quoted in the register throwing an f bomb and 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 it being fantastic. <laughs> and so the Dave and Dave show, Dave Hits and Dave Wright, the best thing, and I can't I can't recommend enough. There are a, a few ways to catch this show. Um, if anybody hasn't seen the video, I know they were at a, a storage field day. Um, they've done more sessions, different places. They were obviously together at VMworld. If you can catch that, it, it is really worth seeing and they do it a little differently every time. So go in person. If you have the opportunity, ask questions, 
the cool thing is when you put smart people in a room together to talk about a lot of what we're talking about in terms of trending, there is no, there is no haterade. You don't, you don't need to dish out haterade. They just talk about, um, how the market has evolved, um, what one platform does versus the other and how they work well together, et cetera. Um, so the, the, the quote we're sort of dancing around is uh, Dave Wright is on record as saying solid fire is storage for people who effing hate storage. And, uh, and it's pretty funny when you see him discuss that with Dave Hitz and Dave Hitz talking about, you know, how, how on top has, in developed, evolved over the years, et cetera. Um, I, I almost take to spoil it because they're so amazing to watch it. I, I'm just going to say to the listeners, go out and, and find one of these sessions and listen to them talk about it because it, it just, it always gives you a new perspective about what you're doing in your daily job, how things are changing, where things have been, where things will go. Uh, it's just, it's that kind of, um, it really is thought leadership. I know that that is overdone, but these are people who both led thoughts and then executed and did something with it and uh, are kind of reflecting on it. It's pretty amazing stuff. I like that qualification. Not only did they lead in thoughts, but they led and actually went and did something. There should be a oh, term. Yeah. They sh- there should be a term for that. Thought doership. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's called like, founder. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is Hashtag the word. Hashtag founder. Hashtag mic drop. Glad yeah, to see you're I mean, unmuted this time. <laughs> <laughs> I finally unmuted Gebs. He did his time. So yeah, like Google it, find Dave Hits and and Dave Wright, and go listen to one of their sessions. They're going to do this again at Insight. Um, I've gone to see it more than one time, and it's it's kind of like Star Wars. You get something new from it every time. I mean, if you have the opportunity to see two people who are that smart and who get each other, it go just run, don't walk. It's really. I'm not a I'm not a fangirl. I'm not one who gushes. Everybody who knows me should know this. And this is this is one where I I really like to go shut up and listen. All right, we'll put, we'll be sure to put a link up on the blog to one of these Dave and Dave founder sessions here, so we can, people can check it out if they want to, or come to Insight and check it out in person. That would be a place that you could go do that. Yes, it would be a place. That it's I could it's do a lot that. more fun live. I will say that. It is because you get to ask the questions, and uh, you can you can feel the energy. These are two people, like I said, two incredibly smart, talented people who admire each other. So uh, that's sort of my answer for people who who look to divide instead of do. Then uh, watch these two. We got anything else? I got I got one more. Oh, Josh has one more. All right, the week of insight. I will be a special guest host. On the Speaking in Tech podcast. Oh, yeah, the Speaking in Tech podcast. I've got Gene Kim, author of The Phoenix Project. He's going to be the guest. It's pretty good. I highly recommend everybody download that episode. I'm anticipating it'll be passing fair. And then when the voting comes down for Speaking in Tech, holla at your boy. For those of you who are over the age of 40 or under the age of 20, that means vote for Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Well translated. I don't know, Josh, or can I anticipate a campaign ad out of you at any time soon here? Oh, it'll be much more subtle than what, what some of my competitors have done. Okay. You, you're not going to have a video where you're just basically like talking about the virtues of you? you hey, no. you don't want to have a, a video that features just like endless shots of Fat Glenn? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm... So I, I'm considering more of the... Um, 
uh, just sitting in front of a fire in a big leather chair, just drinking bourbon, doing like a 10-hour video of that. You're going to do your Alistair Cook impersonation? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Oh, I could. Yeah. I could do that. No, I'm, I, I, I've, I've got plans. So just, I want to see the 10-hour diatribe just sitting in front of a fireplace drinking bourbon. <laughs> I probably wouldn't make it to hour three. <laughs> I'd fall asleep. I, w- I thought that the, the Fat Glenn one was pretty good. I thought Fat Glenn was actually the one who was going to be the podcast host, and then I hey, realized it wasn't. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, for, for those who know what we're talking about, go find that video, and in every single, like every other shot, there's like a fat white guy with a beard standing behind Nick. That's I just thought me. that was Louie Anderson. No, that's me. I have nothing at this point. Like, Yeah, so check it out, Speaking in Tech. Uh, we record September 26th. I think it comes out like 27th, 28th download it it'll be amazing and most importantly we've got gene kim on now that's 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 actually in, in all seriousness uh, i am highly looking forward to that listen uh that's my favorite book you know that josh that's awesome i do we read it we read it to one another on a regular <laughs> basis. <laughs> do, you, do you caress oh. each other's beards while no, i wouldn't it? i wouldn't go that far but i did note that my my son uh, got registered for uh like uh what do they call it daycare or like preschool like every day, and somebody signed me up for like reading time, and I'm going to read them passages from the Phoenix Project whenever I come and have story time. It's pretty good. I started reading my kid the other day, Ready Player One. Then I realized that's not a good book to read. To not a not a good book. I assumed you would be reading like Go the F to Sleep. You know, I've got that as well in um, in the voice of Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's go around the room and start telling people um, how to get in touch with uh, us. So you know how to get in touch with the podcast, podcast at netapp.com or at netapp on Twitter. Uh, Chris Gebhardt, how do we get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me at Chris Geb at on Twitter. Josh Atwell. I am on Twitter at, at Josh underscore Atwell. The underscore is very important. Two ats or one at? Just, just one at. Okay, just making sure. All right, uh, Amy Lewis. So find me at one at comms ninja. Uh, and also I am one of the co-hosts on the geek whispers. So if you need to hear more of the dulcet tones, head out to uh, listen to the geek whispers, geek whispers. All right. And also Josh Atwell will be on the in tech. We trust, right? Or no speaking in tech, speaking in tech. God, there's so many podcasts out there. Speaking in tech, speaking in tech. That's right. I know. I wasn't, I'm not going to make a commercial for speaking in tech. I'm just going to list all the episodes I've been on. <laughs> I'm not going to make a commercial for Geek Whispers, but I'm going to list the one episode that I've been on. Episode 75, the absolute best episode that they ever had. It was the, it was the third quarter quell episode. I, I was unaware that there was an episode 76. I thought they just shut it down. <laughs> I, did, I did drop the mic and break it. <laughs> Uh, on that note, so what's what's the more um, what's the more emo- annoying? Uh, I guess uh, clickbait is it uh, X is dead or is it the year of the X? I mean, what's what's more annoying? I, I, X is dead. X is dead. Yeah, I hate that. X one. is dead. Yeah. yeah. What's like, that car crash sound? Hold on. I can get that I'm an oh, I'm no. an HCI assassin. Because the year of is inherently funny, and anything as a service. Nine times out of ten, pretty funny. I'm I'm going I'm going to go with it's the day of VDI. Okay, that's not bad. That's actually pretty good. The day of VDI is pretty good. Yeah. But it's got this dawn of a dead. Oh, the no, dead. No, no. Let's, <laughs> it does. I was thinking the same thing. We're we're it's the dawn of the dead. It's the dawn of the DevOps. 
It's the age it's of the DevOps. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. All right, Josh, Chris, Amy, thanks so much for joining us this week and talking about VMworld and all of the good things that happened there. That music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Chris Gebhardt, Josh Atwell, and Amy Lewis for joining us. Thanks for listening. All right, Josh, you're up. You're going to sing some words to this song? You're going to break the beat? No? No. Okay. Well, that, that, that went swimmingly. Um, I got nothing now. Amy? I'm, I'm, I'm a little hurt that he's not going to share that with the world again. I mean, that, that what we just heard with our ears, the remix that he gave this song, like it, it deserves to exist. And the fact that he won't do it again, I'm a little hurt. I haven't heard anything that good since episode 75 of Geek of Switch. Agreed. <laughs> I, I have to hold out for the next show. It's all your bass are belong to us. Dance, dance. <laughs> 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 Did anybody see the EDM chicken thing? They had rubber chicken squeaking and making EDM music. It was great. It sounded like light where the beam party was. We need Kelly Beckman to rap for us. Yes. That just completes the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a nightmare to edit.